0: So if you're finding this podcast for the first time, my guess is you aren't, but if you are, we've got an eye on the draft, but I think different than other podcasts, and I've taken the time to listen to them recently, and they're great, those that are out there with a similar focus on prospects, we want you to think about the draft, but we want you to think about the humans that are going into the draft and the risks that they take, and also the... um, You know, the the work that they put in to get to this point, the sacrifices their families make and uh, introduce you to them as men in baseball world. And should we journey this podcast into the softball side as women? But um, I think that uh, Amateur Hour, uh, with its fun name, which Danny came up with, and she's Danny Wexelman and I'm Darren Sutton, is devoted to the amateur athlete, their journey, and usually two guests. But it's usually focused on the upcoming draft, meaning that's a long, long time from now. So there's a lot that can happen with our two guests. And Judd Fabian, look, he's gambling on himself, man. I mean, he is absolutely gambling on himself. And what is there not to like about that? I mean, those of us in this world that would say to ourselves, honestly, I wish I had the guts or the stones to do what he's doing. But he's doing it. And what does that mean? He was drafted by the Red Sox, 40th pick overall. And it just didn't work. It didn't work for him. It didn't work for his guide, uh, his guidance, meeting, his family. And so he goes back with two years of eligibility, which I think is key. He goes back to Florida. So Danny, uh, Judd Fabian, along with Jordan Beck, we'll talk a little bit about Jordan in just a second. But um, we've known Judd for a long time. He was a PG All-American. His brother Derek has gone through the system. He'll play with Judd at Florida. But uh, this is if this podcast is about the humans that go into professional baseball or that are amateurs to turn pros. And this is the ultimate, to me, human story. I can't wait to hear why he's doing what he's doing and, uh, and, and what's next for him.
1: Talk about betting on yourself. We had Tommy Mace on this podcast last year, also from Florida, also bet on himself. So another guy, Matt McLean, who did that as well. So we have had a couple of guys on the podcast already talk about why they decided to go back to school. They were drafted or in Matt McLean's case, it was him deciding to go to UCLA and and give himself a shot to get better and raise his draft stock. So I'm super excited to talk to him. I'd love to know if his brother Derek had anything to do with this decision. Who's going to be a freshman infielder. They're back together for the first time. I cannot wait to hear more from Judd.
0: Jordan Beck, and for me, Jordan Beck, I can remember his time with Perfect Game out of Alabama, Hazel Green, Alabama, which is way, way, way north. You, you always try and think, is it where is it near Birmingham? Where is it near Montgomery? Where is it near Mobile? It's not. It's basically on the border uh, up there by Tennessee, and he went to Tennessee, and and Tony Batel is one of my favorite coaches. This is a guy that, um, well, Tennessee better do their best to hang on to him. That's the, the, the best way I know to put it, but he's suddenly producing teams that are going deep, going to the college world series. And Jordan Beck's a big part of this. Um, 20 years old, this guy is going to be drafted. He's going to be drafted very, very high. But as far as in our world content world, we haven't talked to him a ton. So this is different than Judd. This is a, a nice to meet you.
1: I can't wait to get to know him a little bit better. The dude led Tennessee in home runs last season, they obviously made a little bit of a college world series run. I was the goofy girl at Jupiter waving to Tony Vitello, saw him in his bright orange down there, Darren. And I know he, you know, he's probably keeping an eye on a couple of his guys and, and looking around, but they lost some of their big names. Tennessee did. So we know that Jordan's going to come in and he's going to be a leader and he's going to be a voice of this team. They're going to hope that his bat can produce, but I'm just looking forward to get to know him a little bit better. Maybe ask him about some duck hunting. He seems to be into i don't
0: know yeah i'll let you do that i have no interest in i have no interest in talking about duck hunting and i it's it's i I probably i would enjoy eating some duck but i'd not really much together so i'll let you i'll let you talk about that okay i've kind of i've kind of filled up with fishing and hunting guys and i think it's awesome they do it so um, that can be your specialty going forward. I think Perfect. it's wonderful. I think it's a good idea. And I love that you you said that there's just only a rare occasion when you're the goofy girl. Just it just happened. It just so happened that that happened as if it's just a rare occasion and a rare occurrence. Uh, speaking of goofy, Hunter Pence is my favorite. He's our favorite. Um, gosh, he's doing great work on MLB Network right now as well. I mean, just as a rookie, killing it. But he also is the co-host of Perfect Game College Baseball. That airs every Tuesday on ESPNU on SiriusXM at 10 o'clock Eastern. And we always take a slice of the show and put it in. And uh, we we had a really interesting conversation, Hunter, and I did with with Scott Bradley. Now, he played the big leagues for a long time and also caught Randy Johnson's early no-hitter. But Scott Bradley also coached at Princeton, and they lost their entire season. And so the conversation, and we usually take where Hunter goes with it and put it in this podcast, you're going to enjoy that. You're really going to enjoy that. So Scott is a sage. Um, you're dealing with Princeton athletes. So it's a different kind of baseball player where academics are more important, quite frankly. But he produces pros as well. So you're going to love that conversation. What do, what do you have the scouts on assignment doing this week?
1: So obviously we had to get some perspective on the WWE World Championships So Jared Goodwin, Brian Sikowski are going to chime in with their thoughts, their scouts eyes on who they saw, who impressed them, maybe a guy who rose a little bit on the draft boards. But I know that there was a lot of track man data that these guys were looking at that kind of changed the perspective. We know these guys are good, but track man helps them learn just how good. So I'm excited to hear who kind of stood out to them and maybe they circled and starred on their notebooks.
0: Yeah, so, and here's the thing, um, if you're one of those folks that, that believes or, or shares that launch angle is what's wrong with baseball, then go ahead and stop right now and move on, okay? So, we, we like advanced data, we like storytelling, we like the human metrics, um, with all due respect, and we love PG Tech and where it's going in developing athletes, so we we'll just... Go ahead and unfollow and go ahead and stop and move on. Anyway, let's get this thing started. I'm excited to talk to both of these athletes. Both are going to be talked about a lot heading into the draft for very different reasons. Away we go.
1: Our next guest is somebody that we've been trying to get on the amateur hour. He's a popular guy. He's got a lot going on. And we finally got him. We secured Judd Fabian and he's joining us now. It is the fall Judd. Exciting time. You are back at Florida made the decision to come back to school there's so many great things that Darren and I I know want to sink our teeth into when it comes to you and and everything that you know you've got going on in your life right now concerning baseball and family but i think just to start off the bat learning what went into your decision to come back to Florida
2: um yeah it was it was a long kind of month of waiting to seeing what was gonna happen, Um, because after the draft, we had until August 1st, and it was almost a month before we had to decide anything. And, you know, cards didn't really play out, uh, didn't go my way, but I'm excited to be back here in Gainesville and have a chance to play with my brother.
1: Yeah, and I know we want to dig into that. I think what's interesting is, you know, we talked to Tommy Mace last year, bet on himself, we talked to Matt McLean last year, who bet on himself at UCLA and I think that there's really something special about somebody, an athlete in particular, who says that I know maybe I'm worth more, I deserve more, I can increase my draft stock and, and you know, that, you know, you've got more to give to Florida, but also to yourself. So can you elaborate a little bit more on what you felt like you still want to prove or you still want to learn while in school to better yourself?
2: Yeah. So it, it all just is based on school. I've always wanted to get my degree and being at one of the, the top five school in, in the nation, um, it would be an extreme honor to get my degree from here. So that, that was a big part of coming back. And also just they Florida went to Omaha a bunch before I got here and we haven't been able to crack, crack Omaha, <laughs> even crack a super regional. So um, that kind of – all that put together really just kind of lit a fire under me and, and and brought me back, drew me back to Gainesville because, you know, I, I love Gainesville. I love this place. And, you know, trying to get it back to Omaha and bring a national championship back to us is, is, is the goal.
0: Jed, I, I want you to, to open up, you know, kind of the journey a little bit during that tough month that you talked about. Um, And invite me into some of the conversations you had with those that you love the most and that you trust the most. Because I'm going to guess it does come down to dollars and cents, but I'm going to guess there's more than that to that. Um, What were some of those nights like? Were there ever emotions where you were frustrated, saddened? Um, And now I'm listening to you, you know, authentically optimistic. It's You're not putting on a front. It's authentically optimistic. In other words, I'm now glad I made my decision but were there some tough times getting to where you're at now? I mean, was it tough to, to kind of cut the cord and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and do this kind of talk to me about the conversations you had with those you love.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a very tough month. Uh, like I said earlier, um, we had a bunch of talks, um, all five of us and it was, there was some emotions. There was definitely a bunch of frustration, uh, that went into it. Um, most of the days it was frustrating other days we kind of just sat back and waited and you know even there for probably a week I went to Crystal River to my grandparents house just kind of got away from everything to kind of relax my mind a little bit on everything that was going on and I think when I was there is when I had that feeling like you know you still have more you still have more to prove Uh, it would be great to go back and kind of prove all the doubters, the haters, uh, whoever it is kind of wrong. And, you know, obviously I've always wanted to be on the field with my brother too. Um, you know, it's only happened well, other than when we were young, it's only happened one, one year, uh, my junior year of high school and his freshman year. So I've always wanted to get back at a high level playing with him in in the field, uh, you know, playing behind them. So, um, uh, yeah, but there was a lot of tough, tough nights. Um, some, even some nights where there was a bunch of tears shed, just kind of not knowing what was going to happen. Um, but in the end, uh, I, like I said before, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely grateful to be back in Gainesville and, and to try to help this team get back to Omaha.
0: And so that leads me to my next question. Um, as you said, to quote you, the doubters and the haters, you're in a Jeep right now. If you don't mind, toss them out the window. I don't want to talk about them. I I want to know what you want to prove to yourself, because ultimately they'll be gone and there'll be new waves and you'll be in the big leagues and there'll be new waves. Then you'll be, you know, an agent or whatever you do, whatever happens throughout your life, they'll always be the naysayers. They'll always be there. Um, But I want to know what you want to prove to yourself. When you look in the mirror, what do you want to prove to yourself? want to prove that I'm the
2: best player in the nation uh, no matter what level um, because that's kind of always been my goal and I think coming back to Gainesville I have kind of a new confidence a new swag about me Um, and yeah I just I kind of want to prove to everyone to myself that I'm not a strikeout person because that's what I was kind of hit on for last year Um, I've been working on that and just basically want to prove my, to myself that I'm the best player uh, at any level
0: but but I hope,
2: I hope I hope not at the
0: subtraction of the of the peaks we get out of you right I don't I don't I don't I don't want to put all those strikeouts away if I'm going to lose the peaks because the peaks with you dude I saw him as a travel ball player I see him as a college player um, it's it's like watching Jordan Adele or Justin Upton um, the high 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 talent twitchy amazing athletes
2: I'm not giving up those peaks am I No, he definitely not. Just we're cutting away the strikeouts, but we're keeping everything else. So. Got it. Got it.
1: Let's dive into that a little bit, because I think there are a lot of people who look up to you, who would love to learn from you, including your teammates. And, you know, we, we talk about strikeouts a lot, but what you did, you know, later in your season, I think was maybe more in line of what you were hoping to do, but just as far as what you have been doing, once you made your decision, maybe some relief came off your shoulders and your family and you could breathe a little easier. What did you do? You said, I'm going to get to work. What was, what, what is the thing that you are doing to work on cutting down on those strikeouts and, and maybe being more selective at the plate?
2: Yeah. So it, it was kind of like a mindset change of, you know, I don't care what anyone else says. I'm not really going to pay attention to that because I felt myself last year getting into that a little bit, and I feel like that's kind of what led me to the first half of the year I had last year. And so I kind of just changed my mindset to who cares. You know, go up there with a clear mind, and you're going to be a good hitter um, because all hitters don't think when they uh, hit, so – I think it was more of just a mindset change, um, a little mechanical thing in my swing. Uh, I took my leg kick out because I had a pretty big leg kick last year. So took it not completely out, but it's just a, a little knee-to-knee uh, kind of stride. So helps me see the ball a lot better and put bat on ball.
1: And you mentioned maybe the Army around you, the people, your family – and your teammates maybe who have been there along the way helping you with all this. And you mentioned your brother, Derek, and I have to ask because he's playing on your team now, you guys are back together again. And you mentioned to us earlier, the bond that you have thick as thieves, but can you just kind of share a little bit about your relationship with him and why this season is going to be so extra special with him on the team, on the infield, playing in front of you?
2: yeah our our bond has been strong ever since we were a little probably like three years old um you know we would always have each other's back no matter what um if, if someone came at him they would come at me too because I would be right there with them uh, and vice versa so it's just kind of one of those things that you know it's it's a brotherly bond and i i we say it all the time we're we're closer than most most like most families out there and me and him are closer than most brothers out there. Um, So it's just, (laughs) we, we're competitive against each other, but at the end of the day, it's all love. Um, We'll compete for anything just because that's kind of what's in our blood Um, and having him already in two scrimmages, he's been on my team playing shortstop. So um, having him playing in front of me, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm just speechless because it's just so awesome. So how's he doing? <laughs> He's doing pretty good. He got his first hit yesterday. Um, fielder his only ground ball yesterday, and then today he didn't get any ground balls in the field and then hit a few balls hard. So,
0: What makes his game special? What makes him a special baseball player? Take, uh, your, he, bro- take your brother hat off for a second. And just be a scout for me.
2: Yeah, he uh, he puts in the work um, every day. He he finds something that you know is 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 not his strongest suit, and he'll go and work on it. Um, he's he's come so far along in the last five years of playing defense. It's unbelievable. He's he's a high level defender. Um, he's still kind of growing into his shoes on his swing a little bit um, because he is he, he's past me in height. He's like six four, six five. So. Um, but he's got a he's got a really good swing, uh, short to the ball, long through it, and um, I think he's going to be a key asset for us this year. So I I, I want to go back to what you shared about
0: finding finding your level spot, kind of finding perspective at your grandparents' spot where you escaped. Um, what else helps you find that that level spot? Because to me, as a college student, which you are, um, you're getting closer to your degree as a young man, as someone who has social media in the palm of his hand. Um, gosh, you know, it, it, to me, it'd be like a ping pong ball all over the place. So what, what levels you, you know, do you find time to, to meditate, go out on a run? Is it faith? Is it prayer? prayer? What kind of levels you out to, to where you get to where you want to be?
2: Yeah, it's all, it's all in my faith. Um, whenever I'm struggling or even when I'm going good, I, I always turn to the man above and kind of have conversations with him. And that's kind of, what calms me down and then honestly like the people around me uh, my family my girlfriend we all kind of just talk it out and they kind of keep me level-headed you know they'll tell me when I'm doing something wrong um, and vice versa so it's just the man above and then my family
0: it's always fun to have uh, a loved one and when in this case I'm talking about uh, your your lovely girlfriend as you speak about her, but also family that will be honest with you, right? I mean, um, as you say, keep me humble and be honest with you because we all need people to hold us accountable. Those those are the best kind of people, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and I got a, I got a great group of them, so um, I think I'll be leaning on them a lot.
1: I only have maybe two more. I, m- I might lie about that. I usually do. But uh, looking back at last season, tell me a moment you were proud of yourself.
2: I was proud of myself for making a change and, and showing a difference um, with the two-strike approach that I put in play. I was, I was proud of myself because it was kind of something that I threw together right before a game. Um, and I think that game, I, I hit a homer with two strikes and no stride. So I was proud of the way I kind of handled myself, uh, even through the struggles, um, and ended up having a better second half of the year. And, yeah, definitely was proud of how I finished.
1: I think, yeah, those are great things to be proud of. And, you know, Darren and I know, you know, everyone knows that the game is a game of adjustments, a game of failure, and it, it's how you respond, right? It's your attitude and you, you seem to be in a really good headspace the last thing I wanted to ask you about were your home runs off Jack Leiter who ended up being the number two overall pick in the draft do you take anything away from that do you have a relationship um, with Jack are you guys close and and, you know when you look back at those moments what do you hope to build upon a moment like that
2: yeah we're I wouldn't say we're close I kind of feel like if I saw him on the street I would say hey to him and we'd have a conversation Um, but yeah, it was – those were two of the best at-bats I've taken – or I took last year. And, yeah, he's, he was one of the best pitchers I've ever faced in my life. And to do that off of him, it really kind of got my mindset back going because after that I was like, all right, if I'm doing this off the best pitcher in the nation, then what can I do against everyone else? So it was definitely – it was definitely a happy moment doing that off of him
0: yeah, you got on base eight times that weekend, dude. I mean, you got on base. Not only did you did you knock him over the boards a couple of times against a, a, a dude as they like to talk about him, but you got on base eight times, too. I mean, that was that had to be a positive weekend top to bottom for you. so if uh, if I'm coming over um, and i'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the Fabian family meal and everyone's back home together, and Eric and Jennifer are, are waiting on us. Um, what, what are we having for dinner uh, at the Fabian family table? And and what are we going to talk about? Like, what what's our family conversation about? So what's the specialty at home and what are we talking about? Thanks for inviting me.
2: Um, I think we would have a nice steak, potatoes and salad for dinner. Um, that's kind of what we have for every family meal. Nice. Uh, that we're all together. Um, and then we kind of just, we talk about random stuff. We talk about what happened the day, today, like, if anything happened with my parents at work, anything happened with me and my brother during the day. And we kind of just talk about that. And then mostly it's honestly, we talk about Christmas because our family loves Christmas. So um we kind of talk about, we quote a bunch of Christmas movies in our household. So um yeah, it's basically talking about the day and then quoting Christmas movies.
0: Okay. Like, you know, like the, the motorhome pulling up in front of
2: Clark's house on Christmas
0: Vacation or Elf, which I mean, what what favorite line do you quote? Uh, all of them. All of them. All right. Yeah. So Christmas Vacation is one that's approved in the Fabian home.
2: Yeah, that's my mom's favorite, favorite, favorite Christmas movie.
0: Uh, Jennifer, well done by you, Jennifer. <laughs> uh, and yours is what? What's yours? Uh, mine's The Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch. You ever you ever get an edge like the Grinch? I could see you getting an edge sometimes, being a bit of an angry elf.
2: Um, I
0: try not to, but sometimes it comes out. <laughs> yeah, welcome to being human, right? Welcome yeah. to being a human yeah. being. I'm good. This is great. This
1: is amazing. This is not where I thought the conversation was ever going to end, but I think you you've you know put yourself in a, a tier of your own with the the ending of loving Christmas with your family and quoting Christmas movies. This is awesome, Jen. Thank you for your time and. <laughs> and sharing a little bit of insight into, you know, what's been going on with you, dude. And I know Darren and I are gonna be keeping an eye out this season, but we really appreciate your time.
2: Oh, thank you guys for having me.
0: Have a Griswold family Christmas. The event, the Worldwood Bat Association World Championship in Jupiter, what made it unique this year was just the dearth of All-Americans that attended, about 60, 70% of PG All-Americans. When you look to the top 100 players in the country, uh, I believe it was the same kind of deal where you looked at, you know, 70% of the top 100 went and played on a travel team at the world Wood Bat association world championship. Uh, let's start with some perspective from Jared Goodwin. As we open up the notebooks, he, he talked about those athletes, but also those that took advantage, maybe took a spot by someone who chose not to attend a great pop-up. Here's the scout's eyes opening up his notebook.
3: Jared Goodwin here. Uh, Talking some hitting standouts from the WBA World Championship that is known as Jupiter, we're going to start, start off with just the two stars. Uh, Justin Crawford, Perfect Game All-American, was spectacular. He's always been an elite runner. The strength has really come on. And he simply just hit 500 with a triple during his time in Jupiter. Um, it was a more filled out body. It was a better swing as far as just pure bat speed, the twitch. Um, and a lot of that's just been kind of organic with the strength. But he was he was just so much fun to watch when he was in Jupiter. The other one, another perfect game All-American was Cam Collier. Um, it, it's just such an advanced approach. He controls his own. Uh, he identifies pitches. Um, he battles with two strikes. He's not scared to get to two strikes, with, which is huge. And in the playoffs... He, he almost willed his team to victories. He had a double in the first two games to kind of push it uh, into, the, into the later rounds of the playoffs. And by the way, he also jumped on the mound, reached back for a 95, threw two scoreless innings. He struck out four. Um, it's just such a fun player to watch. Uh, kind of a pop-up name, but I don't want to say that um, just because he has been on our radar. Um, is Nico Perez from Puerto Rico. Uh, he was a 14 u festival alum, but didn't play the whole summer. So it's the first time we've seen him now uh, since pre pandemic. And what he did was get his body in shape. He is strong. Uh, he's, he is explosive. He played the shortstop that he always has. It was as sure handed and as rangy as we've ever seen, but offensively he was Great, He hit over 400. He showed power. He even hit a home run out of the stadium. Um, it was just such a good uh, look at a guy that we were so high on early on and, and nothing else other than the pandemic that kind of uh, has, has taken away some looks. But he has clearly cemented himself back in the prospect status, and a guy that's been at perfect game events a ton before the pandemic hit. A couple quick underclass names, uh, Roman Martin and Dean Curley both both played the left side of the same infield for LVR and um, TB SoCal boys, and they were just fun to watch. They're both super projectable kids, uh, a lot of polish to the game, but they bring a different type of intensity, a different type of just baseball player, um, and that's not to say that they don't have the tools to back them up, because they certainly do. Uh, and the last player is Dylan Head, who starred, really, at the underclass uh, WWBA, and then all the way through Jupiter. Um, he's, he hits to all fields. He even showed power, just backspending, backspending a line drive that got over the right field wall. Uh, just a fun player to watch. Um, Another elite runner. Um, But it it was just fun to see the pure hit tool that he kind of possesses against top competition, even older competition. So it's really exciting with all three of those players heading into um, 2022, um, which would be the 2023 draft class.
0: I think what makes the perspective of Brian Sikowski cool, maybe different than some of the other scouts that help us with their wisdom and scouting is that he so sees the next level so clearly uh, Vinny Cervino, one of his colleagues, sees college baseball vividly. That's his space. But Brian coaches high school baseball. And although other scouts like Jared Goodwin have that background, Brian's currently doing it. He's with them, coaching them all the time. He also knows junior college baseball better than anybody else in the country, I might offer, that does anything. that writes, that scouts, that does anything. So to see these seniors in high school and how they perform – Man, I'm excited about his perspective from Jupiter at the Worldwood Woodbat Association World Championship. Let's have him open up his notebook.
4: Jupiter is over. Uh, At long last, we've reached the end of the fall. We've reached the end of the summer circuit. We've reached the end of the scouting calendar, at least for this year. Uh, Time to highlight some of the better performers I'm going to stick with the arms. Uh, My boss, your National Scouting Director, Jared Goodwin, will have the bats for you. Um, Hard not to start with Levi Huseman. Obviously... Uh, jupiter is, is where you can really make a name for yourself on the scouting circuit it's where you can really leap up draft boards we see it every year huseman's the guy we knew of he was at pg national you remember his name a, a coastal carolina commit from virginia left-hander was 88 with, 91 with starter traits with bat miss traits at pg national uh he showed up to the wwba world championship in, in jupiter florida and was 92-95 for seven innings, struck out 17, walked zero. zero. Uh, the most dominant outing I've ever seen in Jupiter. I've been around for many, but not all. Uh, the old-timers hearkened it to the legendary Jose Fernandez's performance in Jupiter of years past. Either way, uh, Huseman, that's a big up arrow on that draft stock. What an incredible performance for him on the biggest stage. Uh, Jaden Newt from California was the highest-ranked pitcher in attendance, um, as we've known for uh, several years now, the trend has been for a lot of the top arms to shut down after the summer. Newt is a two-way player. He's committed to Oregon, uh, PG All-American, not a new name, but still to come to Jupiter to to have that last final exclamation point start in the summer was huge for him. Up to ninety-five. Missed a bunch of bats in three or four, five innings, somewhere in there. Threw all four pitches for strikes. Showed the whole arsenal. He does it as easy as anybody in the country in terms of an effort standpoint, in terms of an operational standpoint. And he hit a 400-foot tank. So a lot of things going in his favor uh, as we wind down into the winter and we look towards the spring. Um, Have to like what a guy like Colin McKay did, another Virginian, something of a pop-up guy into the low 90s. He's from Norfolk. He's a UBA commit right-hander, really athletic, really clean operation. Uh, Lots to like about what's going on there with him. Uh, a guy that I saw that I've liked for a while now, but, you know, took another jump from me. I, I'm sticking with the theme of two-way guys here is Oliver Santos uh, from California. Big left-handed pitching, left-handed hitting. A two-way guy committed to Duke all the way from SoCal. Either way, Santos saw him on the mound. He looked incredible. He looked every bit the, the archetype of a potential high draft next spring. Uh, everything was working for him. He's controlling his body better. The strength that he's put on is really showing up. Uh, repeated well through all four pitches for strikes. There's missing bats with slider and curveball, up to 92-93 with the fastball. Lots to like about the projection components there. And there were many others, but that's just a handful of World Championship standouts.
0: A conversation with uh, a young man that plays baseball in the SEC can go in a lot of different directions. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of baseball and you know what SEC baseball is like, it's different. It's next level. At times it's double A. When you get a good pitcher on the mound, and you get all Americans on in the field defensively It can match a high A or a double A game. That's SEC baseball. And that's where Jordan Beck's coming of age uh, for, for Tennessee from Hazel green high school in Alabama. That's North, North, North Alabama. If you're curious, uh, it is North, isn't it, Jordan? I mean, what, what's life like in, in, in Hazel green, beautiful Hazel green, give us a day in the life in Hazel green.
5: Huh. Well, there's honestly not too much. It's actually just now starting to boom a little bit. We, uh, we got a Walmart finally. And before that we had one little, uh, one little grocery store and you had to go into Huntsville to get your groceries. So, I mean, not, not too much is going on, but it's a city coming to its own.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's kind of Tennessee meets Alabama, right up there. You find your way to Tennessee. You and I talked a second ago as we just connected for a moment about your high school coach, Frankie Perez uh, in a bittersweet time. He said, Jordan Beck will be on TV someday. And to me, uh, that can be heard and I can move on from it. Right. But I called games in the big leagues for almost 15 years now. And I understand what it's like when I see those guys step into that dugout for their debut and how overwhelming it is. That's a pretty cool thing your coach said, and it's turning out to be prophetic thus far. How much does it
5: mean that a coach like that would say about you? Uh, it was huge. He actually, uh, he came in my sophomore year. No, no, no. My junior year, actually. We, uh, he, changed, he came around and changed the culture at our high school. That's what we needed. We had enough talent. We had enough good players. We had we had good people. And I think when, when you have a guy like him that loves his players, that shows affection for him, that, and it pushes you to work hard, I mean, a whole lot of things can be done. And there's not too many people that I know, at least that I've really played with, that, that care for his players like he did and uh, showed us the way to play baseball and how to play hard and play right. But that's really about it.
0: So, so simply put, I'm guessing if I'm going to use simple educational growth, he was kind of your, your, you know, your, your bachelor's degree in baseball and you're kind of getting your master's degree in college in baseball. If you follow me there, I mean, he did a lot for you as a baseball player. You played for the East coast Sox program on occasion too, which is a very good program too, but, um, he kind of helped you get your bachelor's. Now you're working on your baseball masters. Fair enough with Tony.
5: For sure. i kind of lucked out with my coach. I've had some, I've had some pretty good coaches coming up along the way, high school and now into college. So I can't really complain. I've been blessed.
1: I'm glad you brought up Tony. I want to talk a little bit about Tony and I guess starting with your decision to go to Tennessee and what drew you to that program, but specifically from the coaching staff side, what was it that sold you that made you feel like this was the place that you wanted to go and prepare for your pro career?
5: Uh, I mean, to start off, it was, it was my only uh, SEC offer, and I really wanted to play in the SEC. I mean, I grew up a, a lifelong – I was always a big SEC fan. I went to SE SEC tournaments as a kid, and I thought that that was a good opportunity to take. But then on the second note, I grew a great relationship with uh, Coach Elander, which is our uh, assistant coach. And then Coach V came – when I started talking to Coach V, I mean, it was just like a perfect match. He, he matched the energy that I wanted to be a part of. He knew what he wanted to do. And he knew how to put the work in and get it.
1: I love hearing that. And I know Darren and I enjoy hearing everybody's unique story about how they chose what school they wanted to go to, how they ended up where they are. And you all ending up in the College World Series last year, and I'm sure exiting earlier than anybody was hoping for but now you're on the other side of being a more seasoned player you're more of a veteran player you're going to be a voice you're going to be a big bat so what did you take from that experience as well as some of the veterans on your team from last year that maybe you use this year as you step into more of a leadership role
5: uh I think you get the really experience it's it all just comes hand in hand i mean is if you get in the games even the games really don't even matter what games you get into i mean a big moment's a big moment you're always gonna have them and they're never really gonna go away so i mean just talking to the younger guys you, you pretty much i pretty much lay out like what it was like for me as a freshman even though my freshman year got cut short because of uh because of covid and i, I pretty much had the fresh at the very beginning we had um the Round Rock Tournament, which was like a huge deal for me. Like, I never played in front of that many people. Uh, I mean, that big of a stadium, like, it was it was great. And I kind of described that moment to them. I was like, I can't, I can't even remember what happened at that tournament. Like, you just take a deep breath. You got to slow things down. And then after that, you just got to let your ability take over. Our coaches recruit great guys and great talent. So, I mean, they just kind of need to let their ability take over and take a deep breath.
0: What did you do during COVID? You didn't sit around. So, so if you want to be specific, you know, when, when they said, okay, uh, that's it. I mean, no more games, not for a while. Um, you told yourself what, your workouts looked like what. Um, you changed your body how?
5: Uh, you know, I actually lucked out again. I, I kind of had like a little mini workout set in my garage. So it's, it started out as that. And, well, at the beginning when we first went home, everything was kind of like, wandering around so some stuff was still open so you could kind of go into the go into the batting cage and stuff and still get your work in like on your own but there's a bunch of players that I I hit with and train with back home and we kind of we'd meet up somewhere outside just get our work in it was it was pretty pretty blue collar work and I think that's where that's where my, where my roots lie and I think if I ever need to I can go back to that and that's where I'll have success at so it was a whole lot lifting, throwing. Every, I mean, it was every day. It was, it was no stopping. And, and so how would you say once you got
0: active again, I mean, really active against live pitching, that was, you know, the kind that you, you're used to facing, how, how would you say you improved the most? Where did you gain the most? Uh, you know, if a body is stronger in different ways, where would you say, Hey, Sut, I actually found more confidence in this area of my game than I had ever had.
5: Well, see, people ask me that question all the time. And I honestly, I don't think it's that I I grew that much in that that area or in those areas. I feel like it was just when I came back, I had so much confidence in like the work that I put in that it it didn't really matter. Like I I had the ability to play. I just needed to have the confidence to be able to do it. And I think that sophomore year confidence, you know what to expect. You know what's going to happen. I know the coaches. I know what they want. I think that that all takes into account for it. So that's pretty much what, what I would give it to. I don't know if there's there's one singular thing. I mean, the experience of being in the box and being able to slow yourself down. I mean, you can get pretty sped up in a college game, even though it looks slow on TV. You can you can get pretty sped up in those. That. So that's really what I account for.
0: I hate asking questions that people ask you all the time. That saddens me. You know, I like to ask <laughs> questions. That, I like I like asking questions that no one asks you uh like 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 tell me a little bit and this is an audio medium so you're going to have to be descriptive um you know when people listen to it but but I love seeing it because we get to be nosy we get to invite ourselves into your home for just a minute um your history is over your shoulder it almost looks like a quilt over your right shoulder where jerseys and memories i see an east coast socks jersey there um just just with words describe what that is and for you listeners out there just play along picture the the coolest quilt of number 23s and 15s and 27s you've ever seen. Just picture that. Um, or a flag, if you will. But what is it that that you see when you come into your place and what does that mean to you?
5: Uh it's actually a, it's a quilt my my great grandmother made for me. Come a, on. That is yeah, awesome. She's pretty legendary with the, with sewing and all that stuff. And I every, I think it's like every three years she'll she'll get me a new quilt. Like I've had I mean, all types of crazy ones that I, I could show, but they're obviously at my my home home. But no, this is that's pretty much my whole my whole life story of sports in a in a quilt. I got from I think it's fourth grade state championship baseball, and then I got all the way up to my senior year in high school last jersey. So, it, it, you can break that down whenever. It's football, baseball, basketball, every. Every, pretty much every team I've been a part of that meant something to me. And I'm uh, pretty thankful that she made it. It was actually a surprise. I didn't really know, know what was going down. But I'd seen other ones that people had, and I knew I wanted one. So I let her know, and she, she surprised me with it. Amazing. Amazing. Beautiful.
1: There's the original question. That's a great question. And I hate the original answer. questions.
0: I hate that. I'm very saddened by that. You better go, Danny. I'm a
5: little down now. Huh?
1: No, that was awesome. Um, maybe could you share your great-grandmother's name with us?
5: Uh Connie Joy. Uh she she was married to my my mom, no, my dad's nan, my dad's nana. So she's not my dad's nana, my dad's mom. I'm confusing that.
1: <laughs> That's okay. But, that's okay. Yeah. I, I love to know, know the names of the people who are important to you guys in your life. So, well, let's share a little bit more because it sounds like you've got a great army of people behind you who've been supporting you. You mentioned Tennessee was the only SEC school with the offer. So obviously that was something that was important to you and your family as well. You're, a, you know, you're an SEC kid at heart. Describe some of the family members who have been impactful to you and why they've been impactful.
5: But, uh, I mean, you can't really go away from my, my mom and dad. I think uh, I think they pretty much – they raised me into the way where they're not too pressuring about things. They kind of let me do my own thing. I uh, had to figure things out on my own a little bit, kind of learn from their mistakes, and they would tell me their mistakes and tell me how I should I should not go about what they did and do things better than they did. I mean, and my, my family, the whole thing was they wanted better for me than they had growing up. and. I just really can't thank them enough for that. So that's pretty much I feel like they, they've instilled everything I am in me and just proud to be their kid, honestly. But uh then I'd probably take it to my godfather. He's my lifeline, my pretty much I'd take him to everything. Like he he's there for me and that's my my friends as well. I mean, you can't can't do it go anywhere without your friends. So that's I had to count it all to that.
1: I love that. Last one for me is just kind of, again, going back to the sec and uh, being an outfielder and, and cutting your teeth here somewhere that you wanted to be. And obviously you took that time during COVID, you hit the, you are tied for the most home runs on your team last season. And now you're kind of coming into your own. How does the sec make you better? What's what's the difference maker in the sec that you've found that takes your game to the next level?
5: Uh, I think resources. I think you, if you can take advantage of resources while you're here, then you'll you'll immediately come out a better player. Um, there's so many things here. I mean, there's so much stuff that I don't even know about that. We have that that's here and it's free. Like, I mean, while, at least while I'm here, so it, it's, it's almost hard not to get better, honestly. I'm, what's you your guys.
1: favorite, what's your favorite tool that you can use, whether it's something worth scouting or, or tape, what's your favorite
5: uh, I per, I actually like the video. A lot. I uh, I go in there and like you can watch every swing I've taken. I've been here, see how my swings progress, see if I'm if I go into a little swamp or something, see what happened, and try to fix my fix my mechanics a little bit. So I would say the video room takes a huge part of that and you can actually go on there. There's some apps where you can go watch other people that's had great years and see what they do good and see if you can implement something in their swing. That's a, that's pretty much it. That's
1: awesome.
0: So, so when again, there, there may be a quilt made of, of your, of your journey someday, let's say we're going to, you know, we're going to have a a quilt made, um, you know, in 15 years, is there going to be a major league Jersey or two in, in that quilt when that that's made?
5: you know, hopefully there's only one, but, you know, at this Got rate, it. there uh, there can be many. It doesn't matter to me. I, I think that's, if that's my path and that's what I'm going to take and I'm going to roll with it. So you've worked really hard. A lot of
0: times people that work really hard at different dreams, no matter what it is. I mean, you may, you may want to be a stockbroker and you can picture yourself with that kind of pressure, you know, dealing with, you know, making adjustments or, or an educator standing in front of a classroom of a hundred and and speaking and educating and teaching as a professor you want to one of your things i'm sure there are several but you want to play in front of the bright lights as a major league baseball player have you pictured draft day have you pictured what that might be like i mean it's pretty it's not a secret anymore mlb's doing a nice job finally making draft day a good thing with content um have you pictured your day
5: uh i mean i have i think that that's a a lifelong dream it's kind of a little a little bit of a never-ending process like it seems far away but it's Really, way closer than I think it is, and time goes by pretty fast. So honestly, I'm just going to take it day by day, and uh, we're going to see what happens. But that's a lifelong dream, and hope to fill it.
0: Okay. So what what's it going to be like? What's is? I mean, is it going to be if you don't go to New York? Let's say okay, go to New York. That's one option. But you don't go Hazel Green. What? What? Where? where where's the spot? What goes on? What, what are we doing? I mean, what kind of party are we having? What's What's the deal? You know.
5: I <laughs> I really, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I mean, if I had to guess, I I would do it with my teammates, my teammates here, and then I'd invite some of my my old teammates from back home and some of my friends. But I haven't really location. I don't know. It might be a. It might need to be in a good location. So I should probably start thinking. Yeah, it's good. You probably should. Let's think about catering. We want to make sure we have good catering
0: there. Darren's Um, gonna be there.
1: That's why he's asking. We we want to have
0: good (laughs) catering. We want good snacks. Um, and the guest list, you know, maybe, maybe bring in a wedding planner to help with your draft night. I kid, obviously Jordan, man, I, uh, I, I love, I, I think more than anything, as someone who at your age got to be around his grandparents at times or his great grandparents, um, you're blessed, man, you know, that I think, you know, what a blessing that is. A lot of, a lot of young people don't know their grandparents very well as they go through their lives, they lose them early. So, um, this has been cool getting to know you.
5: Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate y'all letting me, uh, letting me come on here and speak.
0: If you don't know about it, you should by now. Perfect Game College Baseball on Sirius XM's ESPNU at 10 o'clock Eastern. Every Tuesday night, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Perfect Game Softball is right after 11. So just book those two hours. If you're back East, stay up. If you're out West, it's prime time. But uh, Hunter Pence is my co-host of the baseball show, that Hunter Pence, the one that's doing great work on MLB Network now. But he's passionate about the amateur game, um, passionate about the college game. And so this week, we, we had an interesting conversation, Hunter Pence and I, with, with the leader of Princeton and Scott Bradley. And Hunter diving deep with the coach on how he dealt with it, how his athletes dealt with it. And they went other places, too. So here's a slice of the pizza pie that is perfect game. College baseball, Hunter and Coach Bradley.
6: Yeah, Scott, this is like something that I that I feel is like some. Obviously, it's a it's a very tough year, the COVID year. But sometimes a step back can be three steps forward, and uh, you know blessings come in many ways. But I just want to ask, like, who, like, with with regards to having a whole year to just work out and develop and go and play summer ball, and, and you just already mentioned it. Like, how different is it when they step on the field this fall? And, and, and I'm sure it's, it's energetically charged. But has anyone really just made leaps and jumps, uh, you know, transformed strength-wise or, or even just, like, added some velocity or some power, whatever the case may be? I just want to kind of hear through your eyes how much they developed over this year.
7: You know, they did. And, Hunter, I jumped back into my pro days, and we basically ran a, a player development camp, almost like an instructional league, all last spring. We put all the technology in the closet. Uh, We didn't use any of it, and we just tried to get better. We tried to get guys stronger. We had a chance to work with their swings. We had a chance to make some adjustments, all geared up to those guys going away in the summertime, and for us as a northern team, when the spring rolls around, we practice indoors until our first game. Very rarely do we have an opportunity to go outside, so to have eight weeks last spring where we could just work on development and making our guys better. And we had some, like I said, we had some great performances in the summer. Noah Granite, our summer went up to the futures league, played for Pete Wilk in Vermont, made the all-star team. Uh, Brendan Cumming, my, my, my starting outfielder from Lamar high school in Houston played for mystic in, in the new England collegiate league. And with the playoffs hit over 400, with just under with just under 200 at bats, uh, Jackson Emis, who's uh, draft eligible this year, is a horse on the mound. He's a two way guy for me, but he just pitched last summer, again in the New England League, and he was either first or second in the in the New England Collegiate League in uh, in earned run average and made the made the final All Star team. Um, we just had some really good guys. Scott Bandura, who played on that Philadelphia uh, Little League World Series team with Monet Davis years ago, um, was just a freshman for us. So he didn't have any college baseball experience. He played in the Cal Ripken League and hit 375 or 380 with five home runs and was 32 for 33 stealing bases. Um, and one other, Matt Scannell, uh, who's from uh, Texas, his dad Tim is the coach at Trinity, Uh, a great D3 program in Texas, went to the Northwoods league, which is a really advanced league and really held his own against some top competition and played upwards of 70 games last summer, Um, you know, as both a hitter and and also pitched a little bit. So we'd like to put a little, uh, we like to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. uh, And we think that the development program that we ran last year really paid dividends in the summer and boy, our guys came in this fall really ready to compete and play, and it's been a fun fall. Wow, it's fascinating to hear
6: about that, and 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 it's always it's always heartwarming to to see people making uh, the most of the time and and what you've been able to accomplish, Scott. Uh, what was it like uh, as far as like recruiting and what? So all of the juniors were able to freeze. I'm not sure the exact um, landscape of how they were. How many did you did you lose any players? Did uh, and, and like how does the roster look today
7: versus where it was uh, going into 2021? You know we uh, we did not lose anybody. And uh, I, I think you know most of our kids know when they're here they're here to have that Princeton degree at the end. So even though some of the kids in the Ivy League did transfer to, to other schools, we we kept everybody. Uh, all of our incoming freshmen enrolled, and it was great because they had a chance, you know to to be around. Uh, you know, the weight rooms were open last year, they could work with our strength and conditioning coach. And again, so many times freshmen you jump right in and you're, you know, you're trying to play games and you're really not quite ready. And for our guys to have a year of development without the pressure of the games and without the, uh, the pressure of traveling and missed class time and, and things like that. Uh, it was terrific my junior class left uh, and came back one of my juniors nadir Lewis um, is one of our top prospects he's out of Atlanta. He went up to the North Woods League and hit eight or nine home runs in the, uh, in, in the North Woods League as well. They're all back so right now our roster we're still a little bit smaller. NCA you know allows 35. We have about uh, 24, 25 right now and then because my junior class took last, took the year off, we don't lose anybody after the end of the season and I'll have a full recruiting class coming in, which is seven for me next year. So it'll put us right back up in that 31, 32 roster uh, for next season. So we'll be right back to where we should be.
0: I think there will come a podcast that we do where we have one or two of these athletes and their goal is not to be a pro. Um, But for now, that's where the direction in which we're pointed. I mean, we may go with someone who's gone past the draft and passed on it and going to medical school. And I, I look forward to that. But this right now, this week, uh, is about two guys that are daydreaming, night dreaming, and dreaming all the time about being pros. And so uh, this was fun. This was fun to get back in it at the college level. This is two, two sessions in a row where we've had uh, college baseball, college baseball, and then two more college baseball players. And We rarely do that. And I think it's insightful. I think college baseball is the strongest it's ever been because of COVID. Um, I think a guy like Judge Davian getting another year gave him leverage. It was fun to hear him talk about the whys. Um, But but I love the fact that these guys, uh, in a time in which sometimes we hear about young people taking an easy road, these dudes aren't taking the easy road.
1: I'm excited because we've got two guys from the SEC. We've got two outfielders who play the game in different ways, but have the same goal. And for Judd, you know, there were a lot of criticisms, I think of his early season last year, and then he found his way, maybe his, his draft stock fell a little bit, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the idea that if you feel like you can better yourself and you know where to do it and how to do it, then no one else can really say anything to you. And we've, like we said, we've seen it before guys betting on themselves. And why wouldn't you want to go back to a world-class program, Kevin O'Sullivan's program and try to better yourself and raise your draft stock there. And for Jordan Beck, just continuing to lead his team and, and see how far Tennessee can go this year. Anyone who plays for Tony Vitello knows that you're going to play on a team that's gritty and and has a lot, a lot of confidence. So I'm glad we were able to catch up with both of these guys who I know we're going to be talking a lot about come college baseball season.
0: Yeah. Different, uh, different kind of arcs in the way they're going here. Here's my final thought on Judd Fabian too. Like he's a high, high, high wire act athlete. He is a guy that has stayed committed to the fact that he would rather enjoy the peaks and deal with the valleys, than level down the peaks and make them flat. It's just not him. It won't ever be him. And that's what makes him so great to cover. Um, you know, we saw Jordan Adele come to Jupiter and visit with uh, the angels outfielder, current angels outfielder and visit with his games team. I called Justin Upton's games when he broke into the big leagues. Those are two guys that come to mind. When I think of Judd Fabian, high ceiling athletes that had lows that were maybe at times and still will just you know, Justin Upton will probably retire a little bit raw and maybe Joe Adele, but, man, their peaks are beautiful. I mean, they're just hard to describe, and he is that guy. And, uh, you know, we talked with him about, you know, you have a weekend uh, like he had where against South Carolina, you're, you're a donut hole for 13, and you strike out 11 times. There's your there's your valley, right? But then against Vanderbilt, he gets on base eight times in a weekend. And, and in three games, homers a couple of times back-to-back against Jack Leiter. I'll take that anytime. I didn't have that skill set. I can't relate. I was just the guy that was trying to create any kind of peak. So, um, this was a fun show. I'm excited to, uh, to see where both of them go. And we're glad you found this podcast. It is, um, it, it is the best podcast in the world. And, and so I think we're if, not biased. If, if you don't tell your friends, you got to be a baseball fan. If you're into knitting, you're into boating, like Danny talked about earlier, she's into duck hunting. If you're into all that, then this isn't the podcast for you. But if you're into baseball and achievers and hard work, then tell your friends. That's
1: all like subscribe rate review retweet share do all of the action items all of the active verbs please do that when it comes to our podcast and we'll catch you next week
0: yes support marvel comics as well